Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. I am so excited about this. I've been sitting on these stories since December 2019, which was when I hosted the now annual Queer Stories Chosen Family Xmas in Sydney. And in 2019, I lent in to the X in Xmas. X, mass, X, mass. Look, it, it makes more sense written out. It was like a coming together to celebrate the beautiful queer tradition that is exes. Yes, yes, relationships are not the be-all and end-all in queerness. Some of us don't do them or haven't had them, don't believe in them or think they're a heteronormative hegemonic scourge. However, as a community, we contain multitudes and the multi I wanted to explore was the very queer tendency to end the romantic part of a relationship but retain the person and the friendship. And so the following episodes are pairs of exes telling the story of their time together or their end or their futures. Unsurprisingly, a very gay thing happened at Chosen Family Xmas, namely the fact that Ali Garrett, who you may have heard on the last episode, performed twice with two exes. In this episode, you'll hear her with yet another ex, Rebecca Shaw. Beck, aka Brocklesnitch, is a writer and creator of parody Twitter account Nota Feminism, which was developed into an illustrated book with a firm press. She wrote for Tonightly with Tom Ballard and Hard Quiz. She's been published by Junkie, The Guardian, Daily Life, Kill Your Darlings, heaps of publications. Beck is a national treasure. Strap yourselves in for the last of Queer Stories Xmas. Great. G'day, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hello. Okay, that's enough. Um... The title of this story, which I opposed but that Ali insisted on, is Rebecca Shaw is a Nightmare. (laughs) I'm Rebecca Shaw. This is a story about seducing Rebecca Shaw. Like all great stories, there are many twists and turns and then you end up telling it in a room full of queers. Like so many love stories from the year 2017. This started with a podcast. (laughs) Ali and I were both invited to do an episode of Yumi Stein's podcast, Ladies, We Need to Talk, in an... Oh, Yumi Stein's? In an episode about being fat, as we are both fat ladies who need to talk. Ali and I had both been aware of each other via the internet, but we hadn't really hung out before. After the podcast, we had a photo shoot with Yumi. The photo shoot was reasonably stressful for me because I'd just started using a new eyelash serum. With the flash and the lighting, my eyes wouldn't stop watering. It was really touch and go for me, ophthalmologically. (laughs) Now, during this, I had a sense that Ali might have been flirting, but it was hard for me to tell. As Maeve Marsden once said to me, you wouldn't know if someone was interested unless they physically took out their vagina and threw it at you. And I I didn't do that, but I was definitely flirting. Through my tears, I leaned into Beck as the camera flashed. And I could see Ali's eyes watering and assumed that she was using me as some sort of guide dog. (laughs) She also talked to me about her boyfriend, so I obviously assumed I'd misread the flirting. When I actually mentioned that things were on the rocks with my boyfriend. Anyway, we didn't see each other again until we went to a queer party called Bad Dog. (laughs) And I'd had 
a lot going on, but when I, when I walked into the party, Beck came running up to me. And you know, this is misremembering because I don't run anywhere. <laughs> anyway, I said to my friend Kitty, maybe I'll try and kiss Beck tonight. Little did I know how hard that would be. And this is actually a story twist because when I'm high, I'll make out with literally anyone at any time. But I didn't realise Ali was keen to do so. All we did was chat, sitting very closely together, knees touching the whole night. I was really happy to have made a new friend. Towards the end of an extremely long night, I thought it was time to pull out my move. And this move, it hasn't actually failed me before or, or since. I, I twirled my hair and I looked back right in the eye and I said, I think you're a babe. <laughs> and then I waited for what always happens next. Probably not what always happens next is what I did, which was look panicked and sort of thank you and then immediately walk away. <laughs> and, and this had never happened before. I had always been kissed immediately. I, how was I supposed to know there's no rule book for insecure verses on how to react when hit on by a femme bottom at the end of a party? <laughs> In the meantime, my then partner, hi Luca, and I <laughs> were discussing how to get home. We decided to get an Uber, and so we each went around asking people if they wanted to share one. Beck asked me if I wanted to get an Uber. <laughs> With her and Luca. Ah. <laughs> My move had worked after all. <laughs> That's right. Ali thought that I'd gone from being too nervous to succumb to her move and kiss her to him almost immediately asking if she wanted a threesome. <laughs> a normal brain. <laughs> and I maintain that sharing an Uber after a party can and does only mean one thing. In hindsight, it's lucky you didn't say yes because you would have been very confused when we simply dropped you off and waved goodbye. <laughs> Encouraged by the fact that Beck had definitely asked me to have a threesome, I asked Beck if she wanted to have a date at my house. You did not say date. I did. <laughs> the word date was never used. You asked if I wanted to come over and watch a movie. I asked you to come over and watch Heavenly Creatures. With me. So yes, Heavenly Creatures, a classic New Zealand film about lesbians, which may in retrospect have been a sign, but it's also about friendship and murder. So who's to say? Having asked Beck into my bedroom, I waited for her to make the next move. Unfortunately, <laughs> the move never came. Instead, we had a great time watching all of Heavenly Creatures, <laughs> including Ali telling me fun facts about New Zealand. When the movie ended, I was still not sure if it had been a date, so I simply acted accordingly. It was 1.30am. We were lying on my bed, facing each other, talking about astrology. N nothing was happening. 
looking back, lying on someone's bed after watching a lesbian movie and talking in depth about astrology is basically lesbian sex. Anyway. <laughs> Eventually, I got so tired that I had to ask Beck to leave. <laughs> and Ali kicking me out proved to me that she just wanted to be friends. Beck left my house, taking her backpack into the night. <laughs> That's for a few people. It's cool to have a backpack. <laughs> I watched her backpack leave and in shock. I messaged another mutual friend. I've just had Beck here on an eight-hour date and she didn't even kiss me. Our mutual friend replied, Beck does this. <laughs> if by doing this she meant being completely incapable of reading the signs that someone is interested in, yes, I suppose I do do this. <laughs> like the time a woman messaged me, I want to be your lover, and by the next time we hung out, I'd convince myself she wasn't interested. <laughs> All the time I was in Melbourne and someone invited herself to my hotel room and I truly thought it was a friendship move based on the bar closing. Our friend told me that I had joined an illustrious club. A club of sexy, interesting women who had all tried to seduce Beckshaw. And I dispute this strongly. A club needs multiple members to qualify for club status. And I'll be hosting a club meeting in the bar after this. And I'll be going home. I'll see you all there. <laughs> so, I invited Beck to my house again. This time we would go to my bedroom again and watch 90s teen horror, The Faculty. Little did Ali know, the real horror was yet to come. <laughs> Not only did I again make no moves, but at the time I was experiencing side effects from fibroids and bleeding extremely heavily, a f thank you, a fun series of events which would soon land me in hospital. After Beck's 73rd visit to the bathroom, she asked me if I had any pads. Which is a lovely lesbian rite of passage. Unfortunately, no man-made material could stem the tide and I bled through everything, my tampon, the pad Ali had given me and through my jorts, all... <laughs> all over Ali's beautiful white doona. There was so much blood. This was all before we had even kissed. I still asked Beck if she wanted to stay the night, but she didn't. Well, that's because after destroying Ali's bed and not in the fun way, I felt it was time for me to take my leave. Also, I had no more pads. When Beck left, I, I found myself cleaning her period blood off the sheets. And, like, this wasn't a big deal at all, but normally this would happen two months into a sexual relationship, and Beck still hadn't even kissed me. So it usually goes kissing and sex and then touching each other's period blood and then doing an ex's queer stories. <laughs> so after that, did we give up? Some say Ali definitely should have. <laughs> so a friend suggested that it was the dates that were the problem. She said that we should try quickly making out in the street <laughs> to ease the pressure and just get it out of the way. Very romantic way to describe what happened, getting it out of the way. I texted Beck and suggested that we make out in the street. <laughs> and I replied with a 
funny joke about how we could make out in the street with all of Sydney's rats, and then this joke turned into a longer joke where I reimagined a version of the Pixar movie Ratatouille about us <laughs> called Fatatouille. <laughs> For some reason, even after reading this joke, I, I still wanted to sleep with Rebecca Shaw. <laughs> So not long after, I turned up to the courthouse where Beck was having beers with some of our friends and I was absolutely determined that we were going to kiss. So I sat at a completely different table and ignored her for a while. <laughs> In this way, Ali is much like her cat Peggy, who is also a femme bottom. <laughs> so when Ali left, I offered to walk her home as I would any friend. I'm pretty sure I actually asked you to walk me home. Well, I obliged, which is also nice of me. So we walked and eventually we got to where we would go our separate ways. I looked at Beck and said, are you going to make out with me in the street or not? And to my credit, I didn't mention Fatatouille, a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, in my memory, I calmly and coolly obliged, moving forward and kissing Ellie in a delightful manner. In my memory... Beck looked extremely panicked. <laughs> she shook her hands up and down, turned a full circle <laughs> on the spot, and then leaned in to kiss me. But was it delightful? The kiss was reasonably delightful. <laughs> By that, she means amazing. Uh, now, you might think now that the ice had been broken, we would naturally continue the momentum and have sex. But it took another date for that to happen. Two dates. <laughs> there was the date when my Christmas tree fell over and I had to demand that you kiss me in my kitchen. That's right, her Christmas tree. It's like the movie montage in Notting Hill where the seasons change so you can really feel the passage of time. And did we have sex before the year was up? No. <laughs> Did we finally have sex on New Year's Day after spending four hours making out at the Red Rattler? Also, no. <laughs> but then Ali invited me over yet again <laughs> to watch another classic 90s film in her bed. This time, the highly erotic Cruel Intentions. I thought that if anything was going to convince Beck to finally fuck me... It would be that strand of spit <laughs> on Selma Blair's mouth after Sarah Michelle Gellar kisses her. Well, I know you know the one. <laughs> also, I decided to make us several whiskey sours, Beck's favourite cocktail. She made them in a protein shaker, which was very seductive. <laughs> but it worked and we got quite drunk. So then finally it was time. Right. Do you guys want to hear about it or not? <laughs> so what I remember most <laughs> is Beck decisively shutting her laptop halfway through Cruel Intentions. As a writer... Shutting my laptop decisively is the most out-of-control, erotically-charged move I can make. <laughs> and it worked. So, Ali, what was our first time having sex like after all that waiting? 
unfortunately, I can't really remember. <laughs> we'd, we'd both drunk so many whiskey sours. I also cannot really remember the specifics. It was definitely worth the wait. <laughs> Look, it was, must have been possible as we went on to do it many more times. And it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. The long, annoying, frustrating journey. <laughs> But in all seriousness, I did actually grow from this. I learned a lot by continuing to be friends with Ali and having her talk to me about what a nightmare I was, which she never stops telling me to this day. I realised with her help and Lucas that when you won't believe that people might be interested in you, your insecurity begins to take away their agency. And look, I don't claim to be cured and I still obviously think I'm going to die alone, I'm single. But this experience did help. I'm truly much improved. And, and if I... That's a great point, Beck. And if I learned anything, I guess it would be that maybe sometimes I could make a more obvious move. I mean, I, I don't possibly know what that could be, but carpe diem. And to all of Ali's other exes in the room and her future exes in the room. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was only space for two of us this year, but Maeve says if you try hard, you can get on stage next Christmas, so good luck. I'd like to end by saying to all of the women in the room tonight who are currently trying to seduce Beck. The hundreds of you. Do not give up. With a little perseverance, a lot of patience, and seven whiskey sours. You too can fuck Rebecca Shaw. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. Follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram, and please consider ordering a copy of the Queer Stories book, a collection of the tales that I edited with beautiful stories by incredible writers such as Nayuka Gori, Benjamin Law, Candy Bowers, Candy Royale, Simon Hunt, Liz Duck Chong and Rebecca Shaw.